What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, we're going to go through all seven games in today's NHL schedule. So let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Wise Money Sports online, wisemoneysports.com. Start betting smarter on the sports you love today, and that includes the NHL. Tons of hockey picks up there, wisemoneysports.com, on Twitter, at wisemoneysports. All right, so like I said, seven games today in the NHL, full slate, and I guess it's Columbus Day. Wouldn't you know, I had... No idea until like an hour ago. I'm up early doing this podcast because games start early today. There's four games at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I was like, why is that? Why are they doing all these weird games during the day? Oh, wouldn't you know, it's Columbus Day. Look, my schedule these days revolves around when games happen and when I handicap usually. So, you know, aside from like Christmas and Thanksgiving, whenever it's President's Day, Columbus Day, it's always like, oh, wow, there's a lot of these holidays. But happy Columbus Day to everybody out there. Magellan? You like Magellan? Oh, yeah, my favorite explorer. Around the world, come on. Who do you like? I like DeSoto. <laughs> DeSoto, what did he do? He discovered the Mississippi. Oh, yeah, like they wouldn't have found that anyway. <laughs> All right, so on today's slate, what we're going to do is... Happy Columbus Day, everybody. Hope you're spending it well. So, um, what we're going to do is go through every game on today's schedule, and we're going to give one kind of bullet point. If you can answer this question, you'll be on the right path to handicapping each of these games. And I will give one uh, best bet at the end as well. So let's get into it and let's start off with the Ducks and Bruins. So the, I'll give the the times for these as well as we go through. Uh, the, these first four start at 10 a.m. Um, Pacific time. So 10 a.m. Pacific, Ducks, Bruins. Anaheim has had a really good start to the season. Now Boston, we expected to be this good. Boston, eight points. They're four and one. Only lost to the Colorado Avalanche on the road at the end of a long road trip. So Boston good team. Anaheim is 4 and 1 playing incredible defense. Now they've also got the same 8 points, but this is a surprise. A lot of people, including myself, I mean didn't even have Anaheim making the playoffs this year. So the fact that they've started so well and they're playing so well defensively, they're allowing under one and a half goals per game. Right now the best goalie today, stats in 2019 is John Gibson. And I mean he was a top 5 goalie coming into the year anyway. So Anaheim really overperforming or outperforming where a lot of people thought they were. But the question is, how good is Anaheim intrinsically? Are they going to continue this? Are they really this good? And I think that the answer to that is probably, yes, they are. I mean, Anaheim was close last year, and they made, I think, the right moves, bringing in enough older talent to put this team together. They lost Corey Perry. That was going to be a big deal offensively. But so far, the defense has been unbelievable. Can this keep up under one and a half per game? Probably not with Anaheim, but I still expect a good defensive showing. So the the question with Anaheim is, this is the final game of Anaheim's first long road trip of the season. And I have a theme that I always like to start with when teams are fin- finishing a long road trip. And it just it, it, it's com- it's a common handicap throughout many sports and the idea is long trip if you've overperformed meaning you don't really have any motivation at the end and that's that's going to be a big deal. Uh, motivation in a lot of these handicaps. We're in this small window for about a week now where motivation is going to be a big deal in these handicaps and I'll explain why. What I like to bet on 
is teams who are underperforming early in the season. Because when you get teams that are winless or have one win and, and, and had high expectations, you get max efforts from teams. Uh, when you get teams like the Ducks, maybe who overperformed early, they have tendencies to kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to come out and lay an egg, but it's just a different intensity level when you're one and four compared to four and one. So that's why motivation is is a big deal at this point in the season until you really get to the point where teams have two, three, four wins and have some points on the board, then motivate, then motivation, not nearly as big of a factor. But today for these games and for about the next week or so, it certainly will be. Uh, Anaheim, like I said, they're wrapping up this road trip, and I think that there could be a tendency for them to take their foot off the gas. If not, then this line is is mispriced because Boston right now is about minus 190, minus 200, implying they'd win about 66% of the time. If we see the same defense Anaheim's been deploying the first week of the season, week and a half of the season, there's no way that Boston should be minus 200 almost. So um, lean with the Ducks right now if you can answer do they have a reason for max motivation on the road? Because that's what they're going to need to be Boston. Then I would lean Ducks plus 160. If not, you think they want to get home at the end of a long road trip, maybe a tendency for them to take their foot off the gas. Then Boston minus 190 probably seems about right. So, Or you know maybe a little bit cheap at that point. So if you can answer that question, you'll be on the right path for the Ducks and Bruins. Do the Ducks have a real reason to have motivation for this game? Let's get on to Minnesota Wild at the Ottawa Senators. Now, motivation will certainly play a part this game for Minnesota. They're 0-4, but the expectations before the season were not necessarily to make the playoffs or anything like that for Minnesota. So it's not as if, you know, it's like the Avalanche or the Bruins or or the Lightning right now starting off so... If they were to start off so bad, imagine what the fan bases would be doing and how much they'd be hitting the panic button, right? So for the Wild, it's a little bit different, even though they are winless on the season. And new GM, new... uh, uh, Not new coach, Bruce Cassidy's been there for a while, but new GM, he was at Pittsburgh last year. A bit of a wake-up call this season, I think. He's definitely not Pittsburgh anymore. But I think that if you can answer, do the players on Minnesota care enough to fight back and give everything they have on this road trip first game against the Ottawa Senators and the Wild are going to see this as the game to kind of take advantage of if you look at their upcoming schedule and it's it's not very favorable on the road this road trip coming up like I said they start off on the road at Ottawa then they're at Toronto at Montreal Toronto and Montreal are scoring goals at a great pace this year that's going to be a tough for them to win those games so they're probably looking at this game as their one chance or maybe their best chance to get a, a, a win on this road trip to start the season. So if Minnesota has real reason to come out and give effort, then I do like the Wild this game. Look, Minnesota's really been underperforming this year. Their top three scorers are defensemen, and that's not really excusable when you have guys like Victor Rask, Miko Koivu, Eric Stahl, Zach Parise. I mean, this is still a decent roster, so it's not like they're awful. And three defensemen leading them in points, that's not going to continue. So I think if we can get a good max effort game out of Minnesota, is the price worth it? Now, they're on the road minus 140 for a winless team that hasn't put it together. They're calling up, uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head his name. It's it's some kid, 26-year-old, who's been playing in the AHL last couple of years. He started off very good this season. They're trying to shake things up. So they're bringing him in for this game. 
do the Wild have a reason to go on the road and give that max effort? And if so, again, minus 140 is expensive for the Wild without a win on the season. Now, Ottawa coming off a big overperforming win this weekend against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay was minus 280 going into that game, and they lost on the road to the Senators. So you kind of have a double-edged sword here. The Wild 0-4, maybe a bit more reason to, to, to give that max effort. Meanwhile, the Senators, they had a huge upset win at home maybe maybe a trap game for them taking their foot off the gas a little bit so if you can answer that does minnesota care enough to really fight back then we could probably expect a win from minnesota but paying the minus 140 that's the question is it worth that all right let's move on to the blues and islanders st louis on the road at the new york islanders and the question here the main question comes down to me are the islanders going to turn it around and start playing the same defense they played last season that's been my main concern with them to start the year. I mean, the the odd man rushes that you're seeing with the Islanders is very concerning. The reason why I thought Robin Leonard leaving, Simeon Varlamov coming in was not going to be a big deal, at least as big of a deal as the national media was making of it, is I didn't think Robin Leonard was that good last season. Well, obviously his stats were good, but I didn't I didn't think it was because Robin Leonard was a top 10 goalie in the league. I thought it was because the Islanders played such good defense. Team defense were the forwards. It, it wasn't their job to necessarily get forward. It was their job to get back and help defensively. I saw fewer odd man rushes last year with the New York Islanders than maybe any team in the league. They were great at protecting the odd man rush. And let's face it, five on five, that's often how you're going to get great chances. It's tough to get good scoring opportunities five on five good shots on goal and I always say this don't just look at shots at the end of the game and think that's the team that should have won shots are the least telling factor it's the biggest trick that 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 it's the it's the easiest way to misconceptualize a game when you say oh they outshot them by 10 and still lost Uh uh-uh wrong if you look over the last 10 11 12 years the NHL Teams that outshoot the other team are just over 50%. And you may say, well, if it's 50.5%, it's profitable. Well, that's not correct because most of the time in hockey, it's the favorites doing that. And and you're paying minus 120, minus 150, minus 170, whatever it is for the favorites. So your break-even percentage goes way down or way up in hockey compared to other sports. So if you're just above 50% in terms of the you know stats like if you outshoot an opponent you're going to win the game. If that's only 50.5%, that's not anywhere near profitable. So to think that shots are the end-all, be-all, that's a wrong way to approach these games. It's more about scoring chances and the type of shots that these these teams are creating. And when it's 5-on-5, obviously power plays are a huge opportunity, but when it's 5-on-5, the odd man rush is the best way to create chances in today's hockey. And what I loved about New York last year, like I said, They were great at protecting against that. This year, it's unbelievable. It's like watching a brand new team, and it shouldn't be like that. They didn't make that many moves. It's Barry Trotz's... I mean, he's been there for multiple years now. A lot of these other teams, like, you know, when Dave Tippett goes to the the, uh, the Oilers, it's like, okay... This whole defensive system Edmonton's kicking in may take a while to, to... or that Edmonton's employing may take a while to kick in. Right? It's 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 not like Edmonton's going to come out the first week of the season and just blow everyone away with their defense. That takes some time. Well, with Barry Trotz being in New York for so long now, well, for a couple of years at least, you expect this system to be implanted with these players. You don't expect this whole, 
layover period or this whole kind of lazy start to the season from the Islanders. I expected a much faster start from them. And the reason, again, going full circle here, why I thought Varlamov replacing Leonard was not that big of a deal was because of the style this team has played. Well, we haven't seen that so far this season. They're 2-3. and three, They're allowing goals. The under right now in, in some of these games is reflecting that the market is assuming that their defense is worse this year. So if you can answer that question, which I can't right now. I'm not about to lay plus 110. That's, that's not cheap enough for me to play the Islanders right now against a Blues team who will have some reason to to play after they got kind of embarrassed last game on the road against Montreal. So, I if you can answer, does New York Island do the New York Islanders have that same type of defense we can expect and will we see it today? Then maybe plus 110 is not a bad price. But also keep in mind they lost Jordan Eberle last game to an injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks, a bit depleted. Defense shaken up. You wonder the, the confidence at this point of these goalies with a, a seemingly hungry Blues team on the road. This this one's going to be tough. But if you can answer that question about New York's defense, you'll be on the right path to handicapping this game. All right, the la- that uh, does it for the 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, games uh, Pacific time. We are going to save the Panthers and Devils for the end. That's not my best bet. I just want to go into a little bit more detail with that handicap. It, it, that doesn't just come down to kind of one bullet point. Uh, so let's move on to the Stars and Sabres. This one's easy for me. Can Jim Montgomery get this offense working? And the reason I say Jim Montgomery and not these Dallas players is because Dallas should be... I don't blame these guys right now. I mean, Dallas has... If you look at Dallas right now, it's crazy how much they're underperforming offensively. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov, Joe Pavelski, who they traded for. Rope Heinz is actually having a pretty good year. This team should be scoring more goals, and they're just not. And if I look at last year's stats, Jim Montgomery brought in last year around this time. He may not last that much longer if they don't start winning games. Dallas has high expectations. A lot of people, including myself, expected Dallas to come out strong defensively just like last year, but adding that offensive boost. I mean, I still have their first line ranked seventh in the league. The number seven overall best line can't score. I put that on the coach. I put that on Jim Montgomery. Last year, one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They scored actually the fewest out of any team last year, five-on-five goals. That's not good for the Stars. They're much more talented than that. So this is on the coach. This is on Jim Montgomery to start shaking things up offensively, moving these lines around, and allowing these players to start playing and getting up the ice. I don't like how they've been playing. If they can turn it on offensively, then I like Dallas. I think that they have real reason to come out with motivation this game, but I haven't seen it yet. And they're playing a Sabres team that is... Kind of young, fast, they'll muck it up. Their new coach, Ralph Kruger, is not afraid to play to, to, to press on the forecheck and to get aggressive. And that's really not what Dallas deals with well at all. So this game is is a interesting mismatch in styles. You get a hungry Dallas team against a Sabres team that may take their foot off the gas, so there's the motivation coming in there. But it's so tough for me to say, yep, let's jump on Dallas right now. I played them a couple times this year and gotten burned. And on the other side, again, like I said, I like the Sabres. So if you think Jim Montgomery can get this offense working, maybe the over would be the play here. The current over-under sits at 5.5, which is still, I think, bleeding last year's stats in a little too much with the uh, the Stars. So if the Stars can score, I'd lean over. Uh, I, I think that minus 110, minus 105 on each side is probably about correct anyway. So that is my question for that game. 
And uh, let's move on to the one, uh, 2 o'clock Pacific game. Avalanche on the road at the Capitals. This comes down again to motivation. The Avalanche are 4-0 on the season. Uh, they go on the road to the Capitals, and, and Washington will have reason to play. Washington has not looked very good this year, and they've lo- all their losses, they're 3-1-2. So they have three losses, two of them in overtime. They've been all close games. So it's not like Washington has just blown some of these games, but they have blown leads. This is a potential finals matchup, right? Avalanche, uh, one of the better teams in, in the West, certainly. The Capitals, I think they win the Metro this year and uh, get pretty deep in the playoffs. So two very good teams. If the Avs have reason to give that max effort on the road, look, anytime the Avs are going to be plus 120, I think it's going to be nice and tasty this year, but you have to factor in the situation. And right now, the Avs 4-0, I think they may be a bit fat and happy, but if you, if you again, this is... I'm trying to pose questions for you folks to answer, and if you have the answer or you think that you're onto something that I'm missing, well, there you go. Then you've got a good start for these handicaps. And I do, I do want to say this about the Avs. They're playing about to expectation, maybe above expectation this season. They've looked really good so far. And it's funny because you go back to the 2017 draft, and the, the, the thought around Colorado was, Man, we missed a huge opportunity. I'm fr- I'm from Denver. I know a lot of Avalanche fans, and and, and the the mentality was because the Avs that year. Just to give a quick snapshot in the 2017 draft, the Avalanche had the number one overall chance in the lottery to get the first pick. Well, they ended up falling back to the fourth overall pick. The order that year went New Jersey, the Flyers were second, Dallas was third, and the Avs fell all the way back to fourth. Well, the Avs ended up drafting Kale McCarr that year. And if you look at the three players to go above him, Nico Highshire from the Devils, Nolan Patrick at Philadelphia, those two have really not performed up to the level that you could say that, that Kale McCarr has at this point in his career. And the third overall pick, Miro Heiskanen, I mean, he's playing really well, actually. He had a great season last year at Dallas. I think he's right there on that level with Kale McCarr. But the Avs have to be happy about that. And he's performing right now. I mean, he hit the ground running. And that is kind of what's funny is some of these rookies take some time. You know, you look at a Jack Hughes at New Jersey for the the Devils. For the Devils! The Devils! (laughs) And he is having a slow start to the season, right? I mean, a lot of people came out and said, man, Jack Hughes, watch out for New Jersey. He's falling all the way back to the third-line center right now. And a guy like Kale McCarr for the Avs, comes in last year and gets 10 points in the playoffs. So it's funny, different people, you know, different players kind of find their groove in the NHL at different times, but the Avs are playing very good hockey right now. They have to be so thrilled with their young players. They're getting a lot of contribution aside from their top line, which is key for this team. So if the Avs have reason for max motivation, then maybe the plus 120 price tag is worth it for Colorado today. All right, uh, two games left, and before I do get to my best bet, I want to go over the Florida Panthers at the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Both these teams have looked awful to start the year. Now, both teams had, I would say, fairly high expectations coming into the season. The Devils' expectations as an organization was to compete for a playoff spot. Uh, they're not doing that clearly so far. They're 0-3-2, but they're they're nowhere close. I mean, their fans wanted to just see improvement, right? I just mentioned they brought in Jack Hughes. They brought in a few, a couple other pieces, new new front office, new GM, and you expect kind of this change from New Jersey. That hasn't happened. If anything, they've gotten worse. So 
they've looked bad so far. Uh, you expect an absolute max effort at home, and that may seem counterintuitive, right? I talk about sometimes how bad teams have looked and go, well, and you want to play on them because that's a max effort. Folks, none of these teams are really as bad as 0-5 as at this point in the season. I mean, there are bad teams, there are good teams, but in in most sports, it's generally a good rule to, to remember no one is as good as they seem, right? The Avs, the Lightning, the the Bruins, and no one is also as bad as they seem. The Panthers, the Devils, the Senators. So keep that in mind. I mean, a lot of people after this weekend's Tampa Bay Lightning loss at Ottawa, it was like, how in the world can this team lose to that team? Well, they're both NHL teams. I mean, the difference between the best team and the worst team really isn't that far. It's similar to, you know, the NFL. So I think that when you look at the Panthers and Devils, these teams are not as bad as they've started, and especially Florida. I mean, you talk about a Florida team, Alexander Barkov, Mike Hoffman on the front, on the first line. Those are two scorers. They've got Huberdeau on the second line, Trocheck, Dandenov. Folks, Florida should be a lot better than they are right now. But I said that last year. I'm starting to go, well, is this just the same old Panthers team? They, they can bring in Joe Quenville. They can bring in uh, Bobrovsky and, and Nett. Yeah, they just look like the same old Panthers. So I think you're going to get two hungry teams here, and that's why it's kind of a tug of war in the handicap for me for the motivation. I, I don't know who to give the edge to, so you kind of have to call that a net-net draw for, the, for, for that part of the handicap. Uh, the Devils are playing at home where they had a much better record last year. I do, however, like Bobrovsky in goal for the Panthers. He's had a terrible start to the season. You can't figure that his over four goals a game average is going to continue. So the goalie matchup certainly goes to the Panthers here. But the Devils are going to mix some things up. And there's been a lot of talk around the Devils camp about... They, I mean, the fans don't like it all how these lines have been put together. With Taylor Hall, Nico Hershire, Kyle Palmieri on the front line, that's not really what a lot of fans want to see. A lot of people want to see Zajac on the front line, maybe even Jack Hughes getting in that mix. And I think we do see a, a mix-up today. I mean, Wayne Simmons came into this team with expectations to score and get points. He's not done anything this year. P.K. Subban, expected to come in and lead this team and score defensively. He hasn't done much this year either. So the people who came into the Devils really haven't contributed like like we may think. And these young players like Jack Hughes, Taylor Hall, haven't done a whole lot either this season. No one's really performing for this team. So you expect it's right around the corner. I thought New Jersey was going to be one of the more improved teams this season, and I'm not ready to sell my New Jersey stock yet but I'm not ready to sell my Florida stock yet either. So this is weird. It's two teams that I want to play on, and they have one combined win in 10 games between them. (laughs) So the Florida Panthers at the New Jersey Devils, I don't have one specific question for this game. I kind of wanted to just dive in a little deeper there and, and, and give a little bit more because this is a complex handicap. It's not one thing or another. And frankly, what I'm hearing out of the Panthers camp, and I was looking to play New Jersey this game, right? And what I'm hearing out of the Panthers, uh, it's being written in the new in, in newspapers. It's it's being reported on Twitter. You know, Joe Quinville's not happy, and the message is getting down to the team. And the players are saying, "Look, we need to give a better effort. We need to come out and play better, and and really care more." The downfall last couple of years for the Panthers has been that they don't play very hard. That they're more worried about living in Florida and it's relaxing. Joel Quenville going to Florida was supposed to change that, and it hasn't so far. The extra motivation that's being reported for the Panthers, though, it's not enough to bet on because I guarantee you the same thing's being said for the Devils.
for the devils! The devils! <laughs> so, two teams that I really would like to play on right now, playing each other, that, that one's a tough game. All right, let's get on to my best bet of the day. This is going to sound like Groundhog Day because I'm on a team I've been riding all season long and the market is still not adjusting. We should have a segment where we do that. Still not adjusted or the Oilers on the road at the Chicago Blackhawks. Gimme, gimme, gimme plus 120 for the Edmonton Oilers. Now I've said it once. I've said it again. If you've listened to any of the NHL previews, I really think, well, and actually I think I gave this out like on the weekend preview on, on Saturday or Sunday as well last weekend. I like the Oilers this year. You look at their stats last season. This was a pathetic hockey team. They bring in, key pieces. They bring in a new coach, new mentality. This is a brand... I would say if any team right now in the, in the NHL, this team is the most different in a positive way. So many changes that y- you can tell. They're still plugging in last year's numbers and not weighing in enough how good this Oilers team is. I put in my numbers and I thought the Oilers should have been the favorite in this game, not the Blackhawks. And here's the thing. It's the Blackhawks when it comes down to this handicap... The Blackhawks don't play a huge part. They're not very volatile. We know who the Blackhawks are. They're going to score goals and they're going to give goals up. Like, welcome to Chicago, right? That's going to happen. Patrick Kane, probably going to have a couple points tonight. John Taves, probably going to have a couple points tonight. We know this is going to happen. But they're also going to give goals in. And the Oilers are great, are great at capitalizing in those situations. Now, I wouldn't look to play the over-under because I'm projecting about 6.8 goals. Right now, the over-under is 6.5 with the VIG to the over. So it's about correct for the over-under. But I think that if this game is high scoring, edge to the Oilers. If this game happens to be lower scoring, definitely edge to the Oilers. I like whatever flow this game goes. I think the Oilers capitalize tonight. Connor McDavid has had a great season so far. But he's not even the best player this year on their team. Leon Dreisaitl. I love... When you're betting on a team so often like I have for... Uh, with the Oilers, you start to you start to just thank guys for making you money. And Leon Dreisaitl is no doubt that guy this year. He has... He scored in overtime for him. He scored in shootouts for him. He is crucial 5-on-5, and tonight with Mike Smith likely in goal going against Corey Crawford, I like all the matchups tonight. I think that Edmonton, even though they're 5-0, and that's been a big part of today's show, right? Motivation. Do teams have a reason to fight? I think the Oilers do, and here's the reason why. It's not just they're going to have motivation to go prove everybody wrong or anything like that, but once they've started putting some of these wins together, when you get a team like the Blackhawks, it's a statement game for the Oilers. They've done terrible against the Blackhawks last couple seasons. They only have one win their last six tries against this team. I think there's a bit of a personal motivation within the team to beat the Blackhawks. And I don't th- think it matters at all on the road. The last few games the Oilers have been on the road, I was worried. Will this style carry over? Can they adapt on the road? This team plays lines one through three so strong and I I don't include the fourth line because I think Vegas right now is the only team in the league that plays truly strong one through four but the Oilers I think are one of the most complete teams right now and they're getting disrespected I'm not betting on the Oilers simply because I've won with them lately and it's felt good and I want to get back that feeling right that's what a lot of people will do uh, let's bet on Ohio State let's bet on Alabama they, they keep making us money not thinking the market could have caught up the market simply is not adjusted to the Oilers and it's not like they haven't adjusted enough it's 
a slap in the face what they've done to this to, to these prices. I mean, we're talking a six or seven percent difference in what the market thinks and what I think, and that is usually never the case. It's a very very big difference. So I'm sticking with my rankings. I'm five and one so far. Excuse me, four and one betting on the Oilers this season, and I'm going to keep going until the market catches up. It's not me being stubborn. This is the market being stubborn. Best bet of the day: Edmonton Oilers plus one. 20. All right, that does it for today's show. Once again, happy Columbus Day and good luck, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Sharp Angle. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.